Hello. I am loving Cornell Butler for bringing us into this. Is this is this Kevin? It is Kevin. Today is the so Kevin and Michelle show, and or the Michelle and Kevin show, and that's the it. fake Andy and Amanda. Show. <laughs> that's it. That's what we are tonight. That's what we are. The that's fake right. Andy and Amanda. That's right. How you doing? And I've got tonight, a little Kevin? bit. I got a little bit of a British accent, so we might be able to, uh, you know, that that makes up for the loss of Amanda's. Uh, I'm doing I, good. How about you? I can, I, I'm great. I'm great. I can't do accents at all. The only accent I have is my South Philly Italian accent. So That's okay. I can bring that to the one. table. It's a good one. Um, so, yeah, I think so. I think it's fun. Um, I wanted to I wanted to start out um, by, by thanking Andy and Amanda for, for bringing us to this show. And I don't know if you knew this or not, but last year uh, when we did uh, this show, uh, right around this time, I believe it was, um, yeah. that was the first that was the first time I ever did a radio show. Uh, I've done talk really? shows in the past, yes, yes, but that was the first time that I ever did a radio show, um, and I it was a huge. Known that. You did a great job. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, really? it, it, it was it, so. It was with you. And, so, so yeah. you were, you know, with my first show, and now this is the second, I believe I did the Andy and Amanda show a couple of more times, and, yep. and now this is the first time that I was asked to host, and it's with you, who I was and on the show cool. first with. That's cool, so, because we already kind of know each other, so that's a good thing. Exactly, exactly. I thought it was kind of amazing. Um, Kevin Michaels, yeah. country music star, and I was I was thrilled to um, be on that show you. with you. Thank you You're so welcome. much. You're welcome. Yeah. So um, I'm going to before I get into what I want to get into, um, I'm going to I'm going to throw something out to you. Um, okay. So I'm curious. Uh, my my dad was in the music business. That's that's um, no. pretty much what I'm what I'm, what I'm going to get into. Um, a bit. Yeah, he was a big um, teen idol back in the day, wasn't he? He he was a teen idol. Yes, yes, my and um, back in the day, yeah, we're talking like fifties and fifties and sixties. Um, but yeah. my question to you is, since uh, how how has the music business? And I know there's a lot of answers to this question, but how did the, how did the music business change? The process, the oh, distribution, the the necessity or not uh, to tour? Um, yeah, you know, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, it is a, a definitely a multiple answer question. Um, but let me say this: I mean, I, as I think you may have heard the first time we were on here together, um, was in a band back in the day. Maybe not quite so far back as your dad was, but um, but I think the business was similar. Um, and, you know, I had kind of sworn off um, the music business, period. Really? Um, for for um, the better part of uh, 41 years, actually. Um, and so to me, coming into it, I felt like a stranger in a strange land. And uh, it, it's completely different. Wow. Um, and I'm not sure that, to be honest, I'm not sure that I think in a good way, but um, but it is what it is, and I'm, I'm fortunate that um, uh, you know that the 
as you know, the record that I put out uh, down home in Georgia went to number one on the country uh, charts. I both, know. Uh, which is I would, crazy I would, because, because yeah. I couldn't even promote it. You, could, you, know? you couldn't. In other words, you didn't tour with that. Well, no, I wanted to. I was scheduled to promote the record. Um, and and then I had a health issue that uh, prevented me from, uh, you know, from moving around too much. But I couldn't go above a thousand feet above sea level, so I couldn't even cross Los Angeles to the valley, let alone um, let alone you know get in the plane and promote the record. Wow, um, I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, that's kind of kind of kept that dark, but it's. Um, Oddly enough, you know, who, who certainly didn't expect it, but the record still managed to spend four months in the top ten, bypassing people like, you know, um, Garth Brooks and and um, Keith Urban and That's Kenny Chesney and Blake Shelton and all those people, which shocked me. I mean, I was... I Wow, you are actually able to do that without going out on tour. That's that's amazing. That's that's amazing. Absolutely, to me. absolutely. And the last time that that we were on the radio together, or the first time you were on, um, I was still at somebody else's house recovering from uh, the the surgery that I had to have that you know caused that whole that whole debacle where I couldn't go out. So. Um, I was actually in recovery at that point. Um and wow. yeah. So it's um it's interesting. I mean, thankfully I'm doing much better now. Um I don't know, you know, because it's a while back if you can but remember that I power, um I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I talked slower the last time than I am now because um I because had a problem that affected my speech. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, we'll have to yeah. we'll have to pin that as a side note as I have a throat issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's we'll, we'll talk, yeah. So we'll talk separately um, um about that. Scary okay. Stuff. Scary stuff. And it happened about um three weeks before we left Nashville to make the record. Um and while I was having hard hard time with my speech it somehow didn't affect my singing. Apparently, two different parts of the brain. Um, so it's two different parts of the brain because I I do believe that I I say that my throat issues um, stemmed from my speaking voice and not my singing voice. When I sang, it didn't hurt. When I spoke a lot, I was in pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, oh. I can. Yeah, it's definitely something to that because. Uh, do you remember the country singer Mel Tillis? Mm, I'm sorry, I'm I, I should be so much better with names, and I'm no, not. He was like a superstar back in the day. He was one of the big okay. guys. Um, but Mel Tillis had a stutter, like really bad. He could hardly. I mean, when he talked, it was horrible. Okay. But he could sing beautifully, and it, no problem. And Amazing. Was Amazing. So yeah, that so really is. It's different part of the brain. Wow. Yep. Um, okay, so that's, I guess. Yep. So does does that explain why why when people sing you don't hear accents? I think that's probably right. I mean, I really didn't, that's an interesting question. I didn't even 
I mean, I have a little bit of one. Um, it's not as much as it used to be, especially right. since um, I had to kind of relearn to talk again. Um, I sounded, you know, at before all that, I sounded more Englishy. Um, even though I was born in America and everything, I had lived over there for a long time, so I had a, you know, affectation of an accent. And occasionally, I think you can still hear it a little bit, but it's not you, what you it was. You acquire the accent uh, from being around it so much, right? From hearing people yeah. speak that way around you. Well, you don't even realize you have it, you know? I mean, um, the one thing is that, you know, and I think I did a couple of impersonations or something when we were on the show last time together. So I do that anyways, and I've been doing it as a kid. So I think I'm kind of geared to pick up sounds and cre recreate them anyway. Um, That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you ever act? I did. I've actually uh, made a few things. There you go. Mostly you playing go. bad guy Italian people who, who run the mafia. <laughs> my, my, my dad would love that. Yeah. I see how things I usually play a guy named Sonny. I, I did Mickey, Mickey Rooney's last movie. I played a um, a mafia-type character named Sonny. Okay. Um, it's a comedy, but that was the first time that I took it, you know, on film to comedy, although I was well-versed in uh, comedy improv and took it for a long time with uh, Harvey Lembeck and later with... Uh, uh, with Denny Evans, who was his prized pupil after Harvey passed. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, but I, it seems like I'm always the, uh, if you can't afford De Niro, you get Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, that's oh, my God. It, that's kind well, of what it seems like. You answered a question that I had when, when I saw the poster for um, tonight's show, and it said comics. You know, and um, yeah, I, I I had no idea, and I was like, okay, you know, it means something, and whatever it means, it doesn't matter because I have other things that I need to do here, you know, to prepare for the show or whatever. So I didn't yeah. answer about it. Um, but that's where they got that from because you were a comic. I just did a comedy what? improv class. Um, oh, did you? I did. I did at my acting school. Um, the actors co-op in Baltimore. I love um, comedy improv. I think if you can well, do comedy improv, drama is a cakewalk. I, 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 the the class that we did was um, was a comedy class where, where we learned how to do stand up comedy. I did take a, a, a comedy improv class years ago. This particular yeah. class, we actually learned to write, and we wrote. Um, it was with Sean Conway, um, the actor's oh, yeah. co op in Swarthmore. And we learned to write, and at the end of it, we all got to perform. We did two or three um, different shows, sold out shows to, you Very know, like cool. 100, 150 people. Like, um, And it, it, if you could do stand-up, you can do anything because oh, it was... Stand-up, I've never tried, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, you have to try it. You have to I don't know. I think me. I'd be good out of my mind. If, if you could act, I mean, I mean you, dancing, acting, singing, what, whatever it is, after after doing that class, like I always feared it, but after doing that class, I could honestly sit here and say that the hardest thing to do is stand-up comedy. 
And if oh, you could do that. Oh, no doubt. I mean, that, that's horrifying to me. If you could do it and get over to fear, it actually can be fun. <laughs> well, I believe that. I mean, we, we had, to right. me, one of the greatest stand-up comics ever in our in our improv class when I started taking uh, lessons, and he would come and go later on, um, Robin Williams, um, and also you, John Ritter. You took class with Robert, Robin Williams. Yeah, funny guy. <laughs> you, no, no, you didn't. Wow. Uh, well, I didn't. Yeah, with the comedy improv, Harvey Lembeck. Um, Amazing. Was Robin, Robin and, and John Ritter's uh, coach? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Drop, drop the mic right there. Wow. Well, yeah, you I mean, wanted... it was just kind of cool to be. He actually helped me with a lot of stuff. Uh, the first few what times was... that I did it. So, I mean, that could be that. That's another whole show right there. Um, just tell, tell us one thing. Um, if if there was one thing um, that you would want to tell the audience of something that he helped you with or something that you took from okay. that class, what would that one thing be? Well, we were doing a show, and I had never done a comedy improv show, and I was very unsure of myself with comedy improv to start with. Um, although, you know, part of Harvey's thing was don't try to be funny. Um, don't go for the joke. We, were, we weren't allowed to cuss because that made it easier to get a laugh. Right. Um, there was a lot, you know, and I, so, um, yeah, that's frightening, you know? So I, I was on stage and he put me up with this woman who just took the whole scene and just kept talking and never gave me a chance to do anything. And, oh you know, Robin had, Robin had been in some of the classes and, and saw me play this, you know, Italian mobster guy that was, you know, and he came and, because in, in between, I was so upset, I was like going to leave. I was kind of like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't even want to get up again. It was like horrible. And I didn't get to do anything. And he said, well, the scene was kind of funny anyway, but um, here's the thing, you know, like you can be really loud and, and stuff when you when you play that character that they called the guy, which was just basically like an East Coast Italian guy that was like, you know, could be kind of loud. Anyway, very, very so he cool. said, the guy, I like that. And if she starts, you know, if she, if he puts you up with someone who does that again, um, just over talk her or, or whatever. So of all things, Harvey, which very seldom did this, he put me up with the same woman for the second sketch that I had to do. Wow. And she started right in doing what she did the first time, and I just yelled at the top of my lungs with a heavy New York vibe. Thing, Shut up! <laughs> and the whole audience cut up laughing. And then I was oh, like... Oh, my God. Because, because like, the audience is probably sitting there thinking the, the same thing. Like, would you please just give this guy a chance to say, like, a couple of lines, right? Yeah, well, they thought the whole thing was planned and that we did the, the first thing on purpose to set up for the second thing, um, which got Amazing. probably one of the biggest laughs of the whole show. And, and uh, you know, I can think of one other thing that we were doing a show another time and there was a Russian girl that had come to the class and she was in the, um, she would deny people, which, you know, that's a no, no in improv. Um, 
And I came to the door and I found some flowers backstage. So I, you know, I came like I was uh, going to do a date. Nobody knew what we were going to do, but I, I came to the door. I knocked on the door and she answered and I said, I'm ready for the date. And she said, well, I'm not. And I was kind of like, for a split second, I stopped. And then I re- remembered Robin saying, you know, you know, just if they do that, just like sell them out. So I just kind of like, oh, okay. And I shut the door and left. And she was standing in the middle of the stage. And she didn't oh know my what the hell to do. That is so And so cool. she started getting neurotic. And the audience is cracking up again, thinking we planned it that way. And it was... Uh, it was just advice I got from him as as to uh, to what to do if you get in those situations. Amazing, amazing. Oddly so, enough, I ended up really good friends with the woman that wouldn't shut up at the, the first. Look at that. Um, and look we, at that. she never did this to me again. So um, she never did that to you. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, do you think it could have been yeah. like maybe nervous nervousness on her part, or um... I don't know. She's a pretty. She was pretty polished. I mean, she'd been doing it yeah. for a long time. Okay. Um, okay. And I, I don't know if, if, what it was, but she ended up thinking I was hysterically funny and and really close friends with me. Uh, she, her daughter let, later came to the class, and, and she loved when we could do scenes together and I could do scenes with her daughter. Um, so, yeah, it ended up like a great friendship. I talked to her a couple of days ago, actually. Um, amazing, and, amazing. So yeah. improv, you're supposed to, um, like you said, you're not supposed to shut people out, so you're supposed to go back and forth and, and feed off of oh, yeah. each other. So when you when you came, and I'm, I'm just reviewing this um, for the audience, so, so when you came to the door and said that you're ready for the date, and she said, well, I'm not, she she wasn't feeding you. She wasn't giving you anything to work no, with. She, she was she was shutting you down. So basically, yeah. the answer to that is shut her down and, and uh, well, get out. Exactly, exactly. And actually, it's weird because while the other lady and I became really good friends, I never saw that woman again. After that, she quit the class. Wow. I think that's just, that's. I that's mean, I, I feel bad if I humiliated her, but I would have been humiliated if I didn't do it as. You know, the teacher and Robin and a lot of other people pointed out. And the, no, you that's a great, great mm-hmm. story. Great, great story. Yeah. And the fact that it, it stems from Robin Williams. I mean, like, um, you know, like I said, oh, that's dropped the mic right there. Um, yeah, you know, and I went to Rada when I was younger, you know, to for Shakespeare and stuff. And he was a Shakespearean actor, um, you know, from um, what's the, the great school in New York? Um Juilliard. Juilliard. Oh, wow. Hey, let's do this. So, Kev, how you doing anyway? I'm doing good. I mean, we had a little glitch there, but, uh, you know, it's all right. I mean, um, it is what it is, and, um, you know, onward and upward. So we were uh, talking about Robin Williams, and that was kind of fun. because he was in my uh, improv class. And okay. did you lose Mikel, or what's happening? It is molecularly impossible. And it was just one quick Robin story again. Um, you know, because he was such a funny guy. Um, I remember we had a room like we would go to, like on the break. Uh, you know, it was a two-hour class, and 
we'd have like a 15 minute break and we had snacks and stuff like that. And they had a TV on. And I remember, um, one thing that always stuck in my mind was how fast he is too. So they, um, they had MTV when they were still playing music stuff. And, um, and Keith Richards was, was doing an anti-drug commercial of all people. Um, and he's like, oh you know, yeah. So he was like, you know, kids don't take drugs. And Robin said, we can't, Keith. You did them all. <laughs> no, no. Very, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah was that was on air? Hmm? Was that on air? Like it was taped and it was on air? Ew, yeah, it was a, a, a real. Oh, no, Robin just said it in the room. No. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh, my God. So, like, every, everybody oh God. was eating snacks and just, like, cracked up laughing. You know, it's like, uh, he was so fast. I mean, he was such a... Uh, it, yeah, I mean, not... They, yeah. I don't know anybody that... I don't know anybody that quick uh, as Robin Williams uh, was. Uh, I love Sebastian Maniscalco. He's my favorite current comedian. and But still, he doesn't have the speed of Robin. <laughs> I, I I love him too. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a comedian that I love to to sit down and watch. Um, oh yeah, Robin Rob, yeah. Robin Williams. He's just in a different stratosphere, you know. Um, yeah, he was like almost not human. He's so good at it. I mean, I can't even imagine being being taught by him. Um, that's well, that's, he wasn't um, a teacher, but he was he was, but he helped everybody in the it's, class and that was cool it's priceless it, it just to be around that is absolutely priceless yeah Ritter was amazing john was an amazing guy and and uh you know so kind to my mom my mom came to every class too and uh and that was fun you know the teachers really allowed that which you know they generally didn't allow people to come in except for once to monitor, but they, my mom became like the class mom, and she was just there at every class. That's sweet. That's yeah. sweet. John, John Ritter, yeah. um, he, uh, who, who did he pattern himself after with all of these stunts? Je- Jerry, Jerry Lewis, I am I saying the right name? Um, I, well, Jerry, I mean, he might have, he might have. Um, I think right, that, like, that he was he was certainly into uh, a little bit of Jerry Lewis. I know that uh, the the second teacher after Harvey died, Denny was like did a great impression of Jerry Lewis, uh, and he was the second teacher. But John was just like such a sweet man, and and what a powerful actor when he played serious roles too. I mean, he was just amazing. Of course, Robin was too, you know. Exactly. Um, yes. Yes. But you know, we we strayed somehow. Uh, we strayed to acting and stuff when you asked a question originally about music and we were talking about uh, how music was, you know, back in the day when your dad was doing it and how it is now. And it's, it, right, right. Um, I had asked you I had asked you the question about um, things yeah. that were different, the process, the distribution. Um, but well, I said I wanted to... Uh, I'm sorry? I said I find it weird now. The the uh um you know, this whole online thing where you can't reach anybody by phone anymore, you just have to submit your music and you know there's a like a half a dozen or a dozen different online distributors that, you know, really don't I don't think get you anywhere. 
Um, and, and then there's like a few that are related to the big companies, uh, like Sony Music and Universal. And right. they suddenly, like, in, in, within like a couple of weeks, uh, of each other, uh, both the Universal owned, um, you know, owned online site and the, uh, Sony Music one, um, one of the Sony Music ones suddenly made it where, um, you had to submit and then, but I don't think there's anybody there because of COVID still, and you can't get in touch with anybody. You call up even Sony Music's number, the main number, and it's like, well, we'll direct you to, um, if you have somebody's direct, uh, you know, direct number, we'll direct you there. It's uh, otherwise nothing. So, so it seems you can't like, talk um, to anybody. like, it, so, like with the, um, the self-tape auditions, um, yeah. kind, kind, kind of like the same feeling. Um, it, it might be out of your way to have to drive to, to the audition and whatnot, um, but mm-hmm. it just seems so um, impersonal. And the self-tape, um, we're not videographers. Um, the self-tape right. uh, compare, compared to what we would look like if, if they were putting us on tape is, is going to be um, very different. Um, and, and, and yeah, so that, um, I would love, well, um, you know, I, I keep saying I would love to have a conversation with my dad now. Um, and, you know, the differences between the way it was then and the way it is now, um, there's, there's so many differences and, yeah. a, a, you know, a, a lot of it, you, you, it, I guess people are like, oh, it's easier because you just do this or you just do that and you stay at home and you just submit. It's not because before, I mean, I I had told you um, with, I I don't know if I told you, with one of our phone calls or or one of our um, texts, that I right. a, a song that a song that my dad and I he wrote um and we produced it and I shot it in Nashville and mm-hmm. I was actually able I was actually able to walk around which walk around I mean it's miles and miles of a stretch oh, yeah. of where yeah. right where all those record record label companies are but I was literally able to walk around with um with the song on pencil and paper and on a cassette tape and I was able to walk around and walk into every single one of those music companies and say hey you know here's a song my dad and I wrote and you know, hopefully you'll you'll get back to us, right? Uh, can't do that now. <laughs> no, well, I don't know if you can, or I don't think so. But I mean, um, did you have appointments with them, or did you just walk in? No, I literally walked in off the street. My girlfriend and they lives saw in you? Nashville. All the people. And um, I I I got in, and I was able to speak to whoever was at the desk. And they took my envelope and they took my tape and most of them just right. said, you know, thank you, we'll get back to you, whatever. But one of them, as I was walking out of the studio, actually threw the tape in and started listening to it. And uh-huh. I was in my head, I'm saying to myself, oh my God, like they're listening to our song. And I just walked out. I didn't. I was forward enough to go in there, but then I was like, oh, okay, do I really want to be a pest and like just be like, hey, so what did you think, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, turns out, uh, the, the end of that story is, turns out that that company actually sent me a contract and wanted to sign me, 
and wow. and produced that and produced that song. Okay, uh, I'm Is sure it was geared, geared around or? like like I'm sorry. Was it one of the majors or? Um, I I I don't remember. It wasn't it wasn't Sony or you know like like one of uh, like Universal. It wasn't that, but it was yeah. it was a big building like on on that strip. So okay. you know with people there. So um, and well, so we wound up not doing it because the contract they wanted fifty percent. And my, uh, my my dad said no way, uh, you know. Uh, and I, it, like my dad was in the business like forever, and I was just like dabbling at the time, and I was just like okay, you know. And I, and I, I never would, I would love I would love that right now, fifty percent. Well, that's as much what as that I, sounds like crappy. Yeah, it's like now now here's what if it's only fifty percent of record sales, that's a great deal. Because nowadays they have what they call a 360 deal. And the 360 deal is, first of all, they don't give you a huge advance like they used to. Uh, now, they, the most you can get is probably 250 grand, which is considered a big advance now. It wasn't wow. in the day. Um, and, you know, but 250 grand back then would have been a lot of money, too. So, right. um, okay, so they give you that. You have to pay it back, but now they get 85% of record sales. You only get 15. That's um, now? They take, yeah, this is what they want in most cases now. They take half of your publishing, uh, half oh. of your merchandising, and 25% of your concerts. It's like, uh, you know, that I know that for me, the reason I want to speak to someone it's because I have a history in the business, and I, I'm not just someone brand new off the street. Right. And I, I'm not, okay, I'm down for, if they want 50%, if they give me a bunch of money up front and they want 50% of record sale, they can have it. Right. I don't want to necessarily give up publishing because I have, I have my own publishing company. Um, well, so that's, that's what it was, and that's what I remember that he was upset about. Um, the publishing? I, the, because they wanted half of the rights for the publishing. Yeah, for the writing, yeah, pretty, right? The, the lyrics, the music, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, so but that's, now they that's want why you he was, yeah. the Merchandising, unless they pay for the merchandising, they shouldn't get anything. And unless... They like do all the the work on the concerts and like you know pay lay out money for tickets and whatever all the promotional stuff and everything. They shouldn't get anything out of the the artist for a concert. That's just kind of not fair. Okay, okay. Um, you know. I I don't I don't know how it was and and how it is now. Um, but eighty five percent sounds it, 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 that's it, that just sounds insane Ludicrous. to me. No matter no matter what business it, we're we're discussing, correct? Yeah. Am I wrong? I I, <laughs> I think it's insane. I won't do it. Um, but that's why I wanted to go through this company called the Orchard, and the Orchard is owned by Sony Music. Um, okay. And they allow you to keep your label if you have your own label, but. Um, you used to be able to submit to them, and they would decide whether they wanted you or not, as opposed to, like, DistroKid or 
uh, TuneCore or whatever, where you can anybody can send it in. Okay. Um, but if they accepted you, you could also get upgraded to Sony Music. But if you did get upgraded to Sony Music, and only they so they were only taking fifteen percent and giving you eighty five percent. However, if they gave you a big advance and upgraded you to Sony, you know, to Sony Music, um, then they would um, they would they would take between thirty five and fifty percent of record sales only. And that's not a bad deal. Okay, okay. That Yes, that sounds more reasonable. Yeah. I mean, because they've given you a bunch of money to do it. And you still have to pay it back, but they still get 50% of that. And um, But publishing, you know, a lot of people do take 50 Most record companies take 50% of publishing. Um, that's happened, you know, that's what happened to the Beatles. And we see where that all ended up. Michael Jackson ended up owning all their music for a long time. Right, he bought it from right. Some, some other company. Um, right. Yes, yeah, I, I, I heard. Place. I heard. I heard about that. So there, um, Michael Jackson was actually able to purchase. Yep. Their music. He purchased wow. the Beatles, and and the thing is that Paul McCartney made a record with Michael Jackson, and Michael. Asked him what for advice on, you know, because he was the richest guy in the music business. And okay. Paul said, get into publishing because he owned all Buddy Holly's stuff and everything. And he said, if you get into publishing, then, you know, you can make a bunch of money off of that. And Michael, he Paul always says it like a joke. He says, Michael says, uh, oh, I'm going to buy yours. <laughs> you know, and he said he laughed and then he did. And then he wouldn't give him a raise or anything like that, so they ended up not friends anymore. But um, oh wow, you know, I did not know that story. Yeah, yeah, it got ugly. So Paul has actually um, been since you know Michael died and whatnot. He's been buying back a lot of the Beatles music. That's that's a so. really interesting history of um, story mm-hmm. about the history of music. Yeah. Yeah. And even guys who, you know, even guys who were supposed to be friends. I mean, Michael's had a a pretty dead career until Paul McCartney did uh, those couple of tunes with him. And then he got back with Thriller and all that stuff and became a big deal again. So the backstab was kind of like not cool. And, And Paul, you know, he was not very happy with it. So they ended up uh, no longer friends, and it's you know it's sad that like you know that kind of thing happens between friends. Uh, and I'm I'm kind of going through some stuff like that with um, with the guy who uh, who produced the stuff in Nashville with me. Okay, um, I mean I could see why uh, everybody today is so um, interested in having things written out. Yeah, especially oh, yeah. when you're when you're dealing with friends, and it's probably better to do things like that ahead of time. Um, Absolutely. Right. So there's no hard feelings. Um, this is just business, and we're going to write everything down uh, just in case, and just so that we are everybody's on the same page. 
absolutely must. You must do that. We did not because we were looking at it as, oh, this is like one of my best friends. Um, he's never going to do anything bad to me, you know, or the people that, that I introduced him to, who, you know, not rich people who finance this record, um, who are like family to me, though. And in the end, um, he kind of screwed them over as well or tried to. But, you know, fortunately, there are three of us and one of him, and we know what he said and what he agreed to originally. And um, there's no contract. So, um, you know, I think yeah. the, the three of us who know that he agreed to, uh, which standard is like three, uh, was it three percent or five, three to five percent of um, the sale of the record, period. That's it for a producer unless you pay them out right. Okay. And he ended up wanting fifty percent for for producing it, which I'm not getting fifty percent. So why should he? You know that's right. Exactly, you know. I agree. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally so, agree there. Yeah. So that friendship is over. <laughs> but it's sad. You know, it's really sad that you that friends can can do that to other friends, and that you know just that businesses, uh, you know, show business. There's so much. Dirty dealing in the movie business and and uh, yeah, that's TV what business I, that's, and record business. Yeah. That's that's where I, I you know what I hear. Um, and uh, my dad always um, you know his and we'll hear it because I want to play his song. Um, he's I'd very, very up, yeah yeah. I'm going to put that on in in a second. I um, heard a couple of them. He was great. That very. Uh, which ones did you listen to? I I think is it Heartbreaker? Um, yes. What's the, yeah. Yes, that's that's and, the one. And Mona, um, well, Mona and Mona. Those are the two that that hit the the Billboard um, chart. Yeah, I like those really a lot. And um, I, I think I think it's Heartbreaker that was actually in the top twenty, but I don't want to like confirm that because I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. But I know I Isn't know it was up very big very TV series. There was just right. Recently on Netflix, a hit TV series called Heartbreaker. It's a, a, a pity you couldn't have sold him the song. Um, that that title, that even for other songs, um, there's there's like so many other artists that have made songs called Heartbreaker. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. But but yeah, like I I would absolutely love. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it. Let me yeah. Uh, let me stop saying yeah, I'm gonna do uh, it and and actually fun. do it. Um, so now basically what I'm doing is um, a friend of mine, uh, Bob Charger. He's a radio and television personality. Fifty three okay. years in the biz- in the business. Um, I-, I was talking to him before the show, and he was friends with my dad, and he okay. um, he actually sent me the links. Um, the U- the YouTube uh, links for his song. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's where I, I, was <laughs> I was I was ready to play them on my CD player. Um, oh wow! Yeah, because I have a CD. I have them on a CD and a CD player. Um, I was ready to play it on that, and Bob Bob just sent me the links, and I was like, oh, cool! Like this is great. Um, Very so cool. so yeah. Um, so being crispy. Is he currently a radio personality? Is Bob currently a radio personality? He still is. Radio, television, he's a SAG actor 
53 wow. years in the business, so he's up there. Um, he's probably, like, you know, around my dad's age. Um, they met, I believe he told me in, uh, I, I think 1963 they met. Um, wow. It might, might be a little bit after that. The, the, the song came out in 62, so it, it might have been a few years after that that they actually well, met. seven. <laughs> I was I was I was born uh, like uh, four or five years after um, this song came out. Um, So what what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it on my cell phone and I'm just going to have the phone that we're attached to each other on just like next to it. And um, and and hopefully that'll give a good uh, reading. So let me. I just have to hit on mute, and here we go. But the reason why I chose that one over Mona, hopefully we'll do another show together and we could play Mona. But, oh, um, that's we were talking about, um, you know, the negativity with the music business. And, and my dad had that, you know, by the time I was around and was an adult, like he was very, um, you know, uh, uh, negative towards it. I can't think of the word I want to say. But, no, um, that's, I think that's the case with most people who were, you know, who have been in it for a long time. I mean, unless you're like right. Harry Styles who, you know, who, you know, probably 
got screwed early on and, uh, you know, just made a deal with Sony Music where they gave him $50 million or $80 million. You know, just to resign with them and you don't have to pay it back. When when he um he was so positive. I mean, I mean, he has other songs that aren't positive, but like it, with this one, it's like it, 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 after he after he died, and and I listened to this song again after not listening to it for um, many years. I I just said to myself, oh my god, like wow, like my dad was positive. My dad liked to dance. Oh, yeah. My dad, my, right? Like my dad liked yeah. to get get people up and dance and, and and make them have fun. You know, um, how yeah. do you get to a point? How do you get to a point? Like, how do you go from that to? You know, being so negative, like, oh, uh, you know, no, no way, no, they want fifty percent. Like, no, you know, show them the back of your jacket. You know, um, like, yeah. how do you get there? You know, um, and and me at thirty something years old at the time, I was I was young, thirties. Um, you know, at, at me at that time, I was just like, oh, I don't understand, like, why are you being so negative? You know. Um, yeah. But I could, you know, after hearing your stories and a lot of other people's stories, um, I could see now where, you know, if you're if you're chipping away at something for like, you know, twenty years, um, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I could see where you could land there. Most on the other side of it, on the other side of it, though, it, it's like you have to think like, um, well, you don't have to think that way, obviously, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But on the other side of it, I think 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. So, um, Well, that's what I had thought. You know, me being the positive person that I still was at 30 years old, I remember sitting in the parlor of, you know, my mom and dad's home and just being like, wow, 50%. Like, 50% is better than 0%. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I want to do this, you know, but... um you know, like I said, uh, you know, he had a lot more experience than me. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, but and and, and things change, and, and the reason, you know, I definitely want to have another conversation with you um, about um, all the things that changed in the business because, um, like, just something as simple as streaming. Um, I did a class yeah. in Cape May, in, um, in Cape May, New Jersey, they had a music festival, and okay. I, I did cl- I, I did classes. It, 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 you went to classes during the day, and they had the festival at night. So I, okay. I really loved loved the classes, like sitting and, and taking all the notes and everything. And there was one class where where it was just like a, a whole hour and a half of them just discussing streaming, and and it was at that point. And this was about, I want to say, maybe about five years ago, seven years ago. It was at that mm-hmm. point that I that I just sat and I said to myself, like, wow, I have lyrics and I could find musicians, but you know, when it comes to what you need to do for the distribution of of music nowadays, like, I, I have no no clue. Um, yeah, it's a whole different ball game. It's it's. Uh, I mean, you can put things out. Um, you know, through these companies like TuneCore and DistroKid and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I'm not sure, like, how so, some of the rappers are able to do it and and uh, and get big things happening. You know, this guy Drake just got one of the, like, the biggest deal ever. Um, some Canadian guy um, that's a rapper, and he apparently 
did so well on promoting his stuff himself that he got a deal from, I think it's Sony Music, who said that um, they signed him because if they didn't, he would control, like almost controlled most of the record business, which I, you know, like uh, it would have been insane. like the end of it. Oh, that's yeah. insane. Wow. But I, 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 wish as, I knew um, his secret. <laughs> I, this is how popular he is because I, I told you at the beginning of our conversation, I'm not good with keeping up with names of people, which I yeah. should be names of people, yeah. names of movies, names of songs, whatever. I'm not good at it. Um, got to write everything down, but I know that name. I know that name. Yeah. So that shows you how good his his, his promotion and, and his marketing is. If, oh, yeah. If, I mean, I don't know Bob if he right, had people. Right? He, he might have had people with a lot of money behind him that, that helped him with it. I don't know how he did so well with, you know. I mean, I do know that some of the guys who got really famous just went out on the street and basically started, like, going into neighborhoods where they wanted to market their stuff. And just blaring it over. This is going back when CDs were selling. I was just blaring I was just the, the stuff and then selling that was, CDs out of the trunk. Yeah, if that was many years ago. Yeah. So you're you're talking um, like probably like the '90s, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like kind of like days. No, I was like late, later than that. But um, what um, I'm trying to no, it was during. Um, it wasn't that long ago? Maybe only uh, five or six years ago. That, that you could still sell CDs. And, I mean, look at Ringo told me that, that um, his new record, he had the most sales on, on vinyl. So vinyl's coming yes. back. Yes, that, that I know. Um, vinyl is very popular now. I actually saw a vinyl record in Walmart for, like, $25 for, well, for, a, vinyl, for a vinyl record. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's, is, it's very popular. Um, yeah, the turn, the I'm whole, probably going to release. I'm probably going to release when I release the new song after we re-release "Down Home Georgia," which is going out now to the world. Um, I'm going to release the new one while that's still getting some play, and probably do a vinyl, um, like a vinyl uh, 45 that we can sell. So you can buy both songs at the same time. I vinyl love that idea. Or, yeah. I absolutely love that idea. I love vinyl, and I love 45. Sounds that, that better. My, my dad had seven, eight songs, and, and that's, that's what wow. I had them on, 40, 45s. Yeah, wow. 45s. Yeah. A lot of music. And, and I, I, I really like that you could, that you could, um, that you could hold them. As a, as opposed to just being, I, I agree. Uh, 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 right? Uh, instead of yeah, just, I don't like just like plugging a stick in or or you know streaming. It it a it doesn't sound as good and as Virgin Vinyl did. Um, but I also have to agree. I I like the whole thing. I mean, like when we would get an album back in the day, a big part of it was the stuff that came with the album. You know, you yes. bought the Beatles' white album, you got four 8x10s of the Beatles in a big poster, and all yes. the words written on the inside of the cover. It, and and um, I, re I remember, I remember uh, reading those words, and there's, there's a Facebook post that just went up um, yesterday, I saw, 
And whoever put the post up, it said um, how, you know how they're always putting stuff up about, you know, how kids today don't know, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and this post said how how the kids today do know the words of all of the songs because of um, sites like lyrics.com. Where, yep. whereas, whereas we like had had to listen to the song and and follow along from an album cover or you know maybe a maybe a flap inside a CD, you know. Yep. Um, but you had to go out and buy it if you were if you were Absolutely. listening to the radio or when you know when it used to be listen to the radio if you were listening to the radio and did not know the words of the song you you were out of luck you needed you needed to get up and get on your feet and get out of the house and go buy a cd go go Absolutely. buy the record album right Absolutely, and that's but how, I think that that's was a do you remember? Do you, I remember? I remember getting albums or CDs and 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 being so excited to learn what the actual words were. Do you remember that? I I do. You know what? You want to hear a funny one? Um, I had stayed out of music for a long time, as we said at the outset of the, yes. the show. Um, and I remember I was doing a, a TV show where we were having all these big celebrities, it was like a, an Academy Award night event, and all these people were singing this song with me uh, that I wrote with another guy called Let Freedom Ring, and it was when Russia, when the, you know, first uh, get away with the USSR, I mean, like, with, yeah, with the communism stuff. Anyway. Okay. Um, so we did a show with them. It was one of the first satellite broadcasts where you could multiple like broadcast from like 10 different places. And, um, and the other song that they wanted to use was imagine. And I asked Yoko Ono if we could use it. And she said, you know, she gave us the blessing, go ahead and use the song. And so I went to get a bunch of CDs to hand out to all the celebrities. I mean, sorry, a bunch of records. And I went into, um, a record store, that, the warehouse, which was a big deal out here in California at the time. And I went in and I couldn't find records. And I was like, where are the records? And the guy oh, said, where wow. have you been under a rock? There's oh, no such thing God. anymore. <gasps> you know, and I, was, I had no idea. And it was like CDs, you know, and, which brings to mind that scene in, uh, what is it, Men in Black, where Tommy Lee Jones gets, they give him this thing with a little tiny disc that was spinning, and he goes, "Up, oh, I'm gonna have to buy the Beatles' White Album again," you know, oh because because they changed format so so much, and now there's no format really. It's just streamed, it's just played. Yes, yes. Um, I, you know, besides, you want to download point, it? I'm sorry. You know, people downloaded Down Home Georgia. Right. You know, my song was, was you know, like I said, four months in the top ten. It was number one for three three weeks in a row on radio. And it made no money because everybody went to YouTube and just took it for free. Right, right. And and I, I've heard, because I know from having the dance studio, like they put um, – they they did put um, something on that to to where you have to pay now, even though you're not paying a lot of money. But don't you have to pay now um, to 
to purchase the apps that that do that for you? On, on, or, on YouTube, I don't think so. I don't. I see it's streaming, mostly geared for videos, right? It's mostly geared for videos. And I didn't have a video, so the producer just put the song on there with the picture. So, you know, basically people could just take it. Um, they might have had to pay something. I've got, you know, like I think they just go by the amount of plays that it gets. And I think I, I, I might have um, skipped a whole step in there. Um, and there's not much money at all. Right? Not much at all. I mean, you know, when thousands of people play it, you get something like 25 or $30. It's ridiculous. It's also not as exciting, I would think. No. Um, uh, you know, it, this never happened to me. But to mm-hmm. be an artist and, and to sit back and and to be thinking about, like, record sales, like actual, Absolutely. like you said, like vinyls or CDs, like actually, like, being sold, like flip, 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 like, like in your head, like thinking, like, right. oh, my God, like, Right, how they're being pressed and and like thrown yeah. out, like that's got to be like really exciting. Records, you know, exactly. I had gotten when exactly. I was in the band that you get golden platinum records that you can hang up on the wall. It's very cool, you know. It's like for a million exactly. record sales. Yes. And it's it's not exciting the the way it the way it used to be. No, um, well, you also we, don't know, and they can cheat you six ways from Sunday. You know. We That's are getting um we're 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 getting signals for um for shout outs here. Um yeah, I'm, gonna go, I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go first and then um and we we are we are gonna have to pick up this discussion another time that Andy and we Amanda will. um are unavailable. Um because um I, I this this was great. This was great. I, I had an awesome time. Um Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it as well. I'm 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 going I'm I'm going to go first. Okay, shout outs. Uh okay. Amanda Love, Andy Kimball, thank you so much. Um Lori for listening, Tim for listening, uh, my South Philadelphia Facebook family, Bob Charger, love you so much. Thank you for all your help. John D'Antonio for listening, Ron's Auto for listening, Alpha Realty Group, Tony Mecca and the Heavy Mental Gypsies. That'll be another show all together. My dad in heaven, love you. And finally, to my love, my heart, my nieces, Dina Marie and Marlena. Love you girls. Go out and do good in this world. Back to you, Kevin. All right. Thank you. And I would just say thank you to Andy and Amanda for um, and Cornell for having us uh, do, do this. And uh, I only asked one person to listen, which was my um, one of my young buddies, uh, Evan Esterbrook. Uh, so I'll shout out to him and to my grandchildren, um, uh, River and Connor, and I love you guys. And yeah, so and you know I'll shout out to Phil and Florida Becca too, who without whom I couldn't have made my record and wouldn't have the uh, number one song without them. So you, that's it for you. You are you are awesome. You you are just Thank awesome. Thank you, so are you. You? Thank you. Thank you. I think we, we might really be out. This. I'm not sure. No, I, I, I think I can we'll think. be here when we get knocked out. But Okay, um, so I'll, I'll do one more. The English um, lady uh, comes on and, and tells us your time. And, and, tells, and kicks us off. My last one, yeah, the, actors co- the Actors Co-op, um, my acting school, The Seven. Oh, um, there you sworn, go. 
Swarthmore, PA. Um, Pete Postig and Val McAdoo, um, they are having a premiere July 7th, 7 p.m. at the PAC Center in Swarthmore. Be there. There you How's go. How's that for an out? How's that for there an out? Going. Be, be I think there. That's a good one. That's I'm going to also throw one out to Albert and Karen Lee, who uh, Albert played lead guitar on my, uh, he's a legendary guitar player who played on my record, and his wife came along when he did it. And we've been great friends ever since. And I will be seeing them on the 3rd at a 4th of July party. So, Fun time. shout out Fun to them. And Robbie Krieger from The Doors, who played slide guitar for me. Who played? Say that again. I said Robbie Krieger from The Doors, who played slide guitar for me on my records. You're kidding. You're kidding. No. Oh, I, I, I know we're 3,000 miles away, but we need to do lunch somehow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. you got too, too many. Well, I mean, cool there are stories. legends. That, the the thing is, the album's going to be called when I finish with it. It's going to be called "Walking with the Legends" because we have mostly legendary players on it. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. You you really did. You really did walk with legends. You 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 yeah. are. Uh, you just um, wow. Treasure treasure your stories. Treasure your yeah, stories. Yeah, some of these people. Some of these people play for Elvis in the Muscle Shoals rhythm section. I mean, I'm so blessed to have people like that play with me. Absolutely blessed. Absolutely. And here I am. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Right? Here we are. And we're out. Yep. You know I'm on my way. I'm going down home to Georgia. City life is hard for a guitar-picking man. Yeah, I'll be on my way. I'm going down home to Georgia. Drink some moonshine whiskey and to join a country band Yes, I'll be on my way, all I'm going down home to Georgia Right back in the city's laying heavy on my mind You know I'm on my way, all I'm going down home to Georgia For some real fine home cooking and some old muscadine
travel through my life. 